if this is too controversial, you can edit this out. My doctor is extremely sick. Like we're going to people to improve our health who are who are much less healthy than us. The the whole system is broken, right? When when the doctors are are just as unhealthy as the patients, I think that's a huge problem. We stand today. The business method with the shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars in annual revenue. And now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results, economies, and cultures. There's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this, and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen. Now, let's jump in today's show. The Business Method. Hey listeners, welcome. And today we are joined by Joe Cohen, the founder of selfhacked.com, one of the most recognized and trusted sources for natural health research on the planet. Everything that they put online about health is backed by evidence and medically reviewed. The Self-Hack Library delivers sustainable solutions for optimal health performance and anti-aging. Joe, I recently met in Croatia, and he's a really smart guy. He spent years of his life sick, suffering from inflammation, brain fog, fatigue, and digestive problems, anxiety, depression, and other issues that were poorly understood in both conventional and alternative medicine. And he was frustrated by this and he was frustrated by the lack of good information that was out there. So he started on his own personal journey of self-experimentation and learning. So after years of experiments, he finally healed himself. Then he founded this online resource called Self-Hacked that now after only four years gets millions of monthly readers. He's a thriving entrepreneur, author, and speaker. He's also the CEO and founder of Self-Decode and Lab Test Analyzer. And what's really cool with Self-Decode, they analyze your DNA and they give you the results back, suggesting areas where your health may be at risk or things that may come up for you in the future. And their mission is to help people gain access to the most up-to-date, unbiased, and science-based research and information to optimize your health. It was a fun interview, and we got a lot of time to dig in deep, understanding biohacking from Joe's perspective. We talk about self-decode, self-hack. We talk about Joe's diet and routine, what drives him. We talk about influence. We talk about his favorite biohacks, and we talk about using biohacking to optimize mentality. And it's a really fun episode, you guys. But real quick, we want to tell you today, the podcast podcast is sponsored by us. We have an upcoming event called Get Shit Done Live, which is a 10-day productivity event for entrepreneurs in Chiang Mai, Thailand. That is coming up this October 24th. Go to the website if you want to learn more about that. And without further ado, let's welcome Joe Cohen to the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. 
Listeners, welcome to the podcast today, and I'm excited to introduce Joe Cohen. Joe is the founder of selfhacked.com, and it's recognized among uh, one of the most trusted sources for natural health research on the planet, based with evidence and medical-reviewed statistics. Is that right, Joe? Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thanks. It's great to be here. And you're calling him from Newport Beach, right? Yes. Are you are you originally from there? No, I grew up in New York City, and I said, screw the weather. I'm done. I just <laughs> took off. Nobody, I didn't know anyone in California. I just uh, settled here. So I know the five, seven, ten years ago, the internet marketing scene was huge in Southern California, San Diego area, and then, you know, of course, everybody knows what was happening around San Francisco. But what's it like in that area now for fellow online internet entrepreneurs? There's people like I, I honestly I'm not that plugged into the internet marketing area. Um, even though I have three companies, so there's self decode, self hacked and lab test analyzer. I do see people like I know there is a community here. Definitely. Like I've heard about it. I know it, it still exists. What's the type of, of your social network that you you hang around with in Newport? That's a good question. I, I don't really hang out with anyone. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> that's something that I don't. Uh, I don't. You know, as an entrepreneur, I don't think it's good. That's why. That's kind of why in the past year I've been going to conferences because it's if you're not living in the right neighborhood, um, it's hard to meet a lot of like-minded entrepreneurs, which I think could be helpful in, you know, in in uh, growing your business. Um, but Newport Beach. I mean, there's there's definitely more people in LA. Newport Beach. The, I I haven't seen like um, a concentration of entrepreneurs, you know, especially internet entrepreneurs that I've been able to connect with here. I, I like to talk about it because we have a lot of location independent entrepreneurs that look and listen to the podcast, and they're always looking for new places to go. And it seems like a lot of people are heading out to Austin these days, even from California. One, because it's much cheaper, but it kind of seems like Austin's the new tech hub of the of the U.S. Austin from... is the new San Francisco. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> never, uh... never thought you would say that, would you? <laughs> yeah, the new Silicon Valley. I mean, yeah, because in San Francisco, there's high crime. The costs are crazy. Um, it's Taxes. It's colder taxes. It, it makes sense for entrepreneurs to move to, to Austin. It really, yeah. California is making less and less sense for entrepreneurs to be, especially if you're in the Bay Area, because it's just so expensive, right? I mean, I, I had I had to make the decision, do I want to move to the Bay Area? And uh, the question is, do you want to pay $4,000 for a studio apartment? The, the, and not only that, you're going to also have to pay employees. If you want an office there, you're going to have to pay employees based on that rate. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, the, the employees can only move there if they can afford the rent. And um, the whole thing just doesn't make sense with the taxes and uh, the, the homeless problem, the crime, it's dirty. It really doesn't make sense from any perspective. So uh, it, it's clear why people are moving to Austin. It's, it's a zero state tax, uh, this zero state taxes. Uh, the weather is warmer. I'm not aware of any homeless problem. It's definitely not as big <laughs> as San Francisco if there is one. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it, it's less regulations probably because it's texas yeah so yeah it's 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 a place to be i'm I'm hearing about it every day 
Do you do you think you'll stay in Newport for a while, or do you have any plans to? Do you guys have an office in Newport Beach? Yeah, we do. We have a yeah. We we have a small office. Um, I mean, basically, what I did was I got a a big house, and then I made some of that the office. Oh, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this way, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I can. It, it's it really. I had to make a decision. Do I want to get a, a studio? or one bedroom and then get an office. And so yeah. I did the economics that if I do both, it's going to like a studio is uh, or one bedroom is like, I don't know, 2,500 to $3,000. Let's say 2,500 at least. Um, you know, my house is like 4,200, 4,500. Um, so if, if I, if I got both of them, I wouldn't like either cause I'm going to get a little bit of a shitty office, a shitty, place (laughs) it's like two shitty things i'd rather just one good one yeah there you go (laughs) um so you you guys started self-decode back in uh 2014 is that right yes yeah Yeah, well self-hacked was 2014 yes yeah self-decode was 2016 and and where'd the idea from self-hack come from so my history just briefly was um I was, I had a bunch of health problems and, you know, I was trying to like, I don't know, I was just fatigued, had insomnia, brain fog, uh, gut problems, joint pain. I mean, you name it. I, I had a lot of random issues and then doctors were just not able to figure out what was going on. And you know, nobody really was able to figure out what was going on, conventional alternative and so one thing that I realized earlier on was that I need to do my own research because like if the most important thing in my life was health and it was, and it is, uh, I think it, it, everybody, you know, you, you, if you're healthy, you're going to be happy. You're going to have everything go forth from there, right? If you're not happy, that's actually a sign that you're not healthy. Right. Um, so health I see is a broad term for being a lot of things, you know, health and body and mind. And so I, I, I realized early on that health was the most important factor in my life and should be in other people's lives, but definitely in my life. Um, and so, you know, um, I mean, any, yeah, I mean, any kind of problem that you have, if you're not happy, if you're anxious, if, if you're, uh, if you want to live longer, that, that's all revolving around health right? If you want mm-hmm. less pain or suffering or whatever, right? So I, I see that all around health. And so I made the decision that I'm going to devote all my resources to become healthy. And the first step was to devote all my resources, like to devote my brain power into understanding the human body so that I can learn how to be healthy because there's just way too much quackery out there. Right. Uh, and and it's just dogma, quackery, um, people who just didn't think outside the box, mainstream thinking, um, you know, so just people who were just like following a checklist, essentially. Doctors are right. our checklist kind of, uh, 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 you know, checklist thinkers, uh, occupations. They follow yeah. a checklist. There's, a, there's, a, there's an algorithm they go by, uh, 99% of doctors, you know, here is what you do. If this, then this, right? So, I wanted something different and I, I did the research. I figured out why I was having all the health problems and I fixed the health problems, all of them. What was so, it? Hmm? What was it? What was your, 
Well, there was no uh, specific condition that was, uh, you know, that was one of the problems with getting a diagnosis. It, it was kind of like a diverse set of conditions and something that was not clearly understood in the conventional medical literature. But what in, what in actuality was, is, was a hypothalamic problem. Uh, okay. It was hypothalamic inflammation, probably antibody-mediated. Uh, hypothalamus is, in, is, is, is uh, kind of like the processor. It's a computer mm-hmm. processor for the brain. And so that's a critical element. And when anything, I, when I ate something that gave me inflammation, it, that was the weak point that got hit. So like the circuit boards would break. And then from there, you get everything else. Brain fog, mm-hmm. fatigue, inflammation. I mean, brain fog, fatigue, insomnia, gut problems. Uh, there was, a, you know, just inflammation in general was a problem. And then various other lifestyle, you know, factors. Um, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of things involved. But essentially, physiologically, it was, it, you know, anatomically, it, had, it was related to the hypothalamus, specifically inflammation there. And then uh, in terms of the contributing factors, we're talking about, you know, there was a number of them, but diet was a very big one, right? So understanding that was, you know, just the whole picture was very important for me. And, you know, from there I started giving consults and then I, you know, I I started writing content about these kinds of topics uh, because I am a good researcher. I can do research well, I can understand the research. And so I started writing posts and then I started hiring writers. And then I, you know, one of the things that I think is important is understanding your genetic data uh, to get recommendations, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, ha- the, the, the little, the dirty little secret about any kind of condition, really, or any, whether it's a mainstream condition or it's an undiagnosed condition, um, you know, Let's say you have IBS, right? You have gut problems. There's no one cause of gut problems. There's a hundred causes. And each gene that is giving you problems there is, is a cause, right? Um, then you can talk about the environmental causes that are triggering those genes because those genes just didn't get triggered from the day you were born. Uh, so that there's two layers of how you want to think about it. One is, you know, you can say it's kind of like the root environmental costs and then there's mm-hmm. the root biochemical genetic causes right and understanding both of those things is important so you know i kind of started off with uh you know I, I was understanding my biochemistry i understand I, I was like looking at my symptoms trying to match them to connect the dots based on symptoms and uh yeah and and based on just the biochemistry that i was learning and based on root causes as well uh root environmental causes like dietary other factors so i'd look into like can there be any components in food that are causing inflammation things like that is what is the you know what's healthy uh which which vitamins or minerals do i need or supplements or whatever so um yeah i kind of was approaching it that way and then 2016 i started to think about it more in, in the genetic level, 2015. That's why I started the company in 2016. Um, and so understanding the genetic level was a big game changer as well because that, that allowed me to verify or find new things that were influencing my biology that I could then take actions and change them, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a huge thing for me. 
Um, and I find, and, and so that kind of approach, I, I feel like, you know, this is going to be big. It, it is a complex area, but it is a massive, uh, this is a huge variable in any kind of uh, whatever you're doing in, in, in health in general, but any, any trait that you have, your genetics is going to be a huge component of, uh, you know, how, how you're performing or what you're doing. And, and if you know your weaknesses, you know how to, uh, what to do to counteract those weaknesses. To prevent that, yeah. So that's, that's why you, I mean, you were using genetic testing for your, to figure out your own problems, right? Correct. Yeah. And then, so you decided to create self decode, which, which does that for people now. So, so I was reading through the process here, you order a DNA test kit, basically like 23andMe ancestry or, or we whatever. have our own now. I'm, yeah. We've partnered. Or do you? Okay. One. Yeah. Okay. And then you download your, your data, inner symptoms that you're experiencing and then explore, uh, possible problems or solutions to those health problems. Essentially. Yeah. You upload yeah. the data. And then we have different ways about how to explore your health through that. So we either have reports. We recently recently released a, a blog. So with our reports, for example, uh, they'll go into detail about a specific topic. So if you want to improve your cognitive function, you want to improve your mood, you want to improve your sleep, we look at your genetic weaknesses and then make you know make uh, recommendations about how you can improve those areas based on your genetic weaknesses. So they're they're, little, they're more specific than if you have sleep, then or if you have sleep problems, then this study shows that this helps with sleep, right? What yeah. we do is add an extra layer that we don't we don't recommend something unless number one is the study says it helps, let's say sleep, right? Number two is that it actually helps your genes that are problematic with sleep. Uh, so I I know that you like to call bullshit on a lot of things. So um, I'm curious because I think there's a lot of people that do think these tests are bullshit. I've done 23andMe and I, I thought it was awesome. It was pretty accurate. I have a, a, a friend that's uh, 100% Jewish. He did a 23andMe and it came back 99.9% .9 Jewish. Same um, thing here. Yeah. And, but however, like I, th I think I saw, a, I don't know, a video on Facebook or something where there was triplets uh, that sent in their DNA test and it came back. They all had completely different, <laughs> different, different tests that come back. So I'm curious, could you explain to the listeners how you guys put this whole process together? So people really know that it's not just generic information coming back. It's, it's real raw data that you guys have created an algorithm. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that mm -hmm. it comes up with, with what could be your health problems and solutions. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not you we're not like big into the diagnosis aspect of it, right? Because I mean, okay, partially I think that you know, diagnosis is something that has to be done by your doctor. Like, I mean, it's something that when you're talking about a diagnosis, there's a list of symptoms, and you either meet it or you don't, right? There's a criteria. Yeah, it's a, it's a checklist, <laughs> right? So if you meet the checklist, you have the diagnosis. If you don't meet the checklist, you don't have the diagnosis. Now, the thing about the diagnosis is, number one is these are medically regulated areas. Okay. Um, you, you know, th these are, th there's a, a body that came up with the diagnosis and you're not allowed to use, you're not allowed to, you know, kind of either treat a diagnosis or help it in any way that's relegated 
to the uh, medical sphere. So okay. number one, from a pre- from a regulatory perspective, we wouldn't we wouldn't diagnose something. Right. Um, and and even from a practical, yeah. So number two is from a practical perspective, genetics is not there to diagnose a disorder. Right. You might say it might be there to say you're more or less likely to get it, but it's right. definitely not there to say to, to have an exact percentage of you're 93% likely to get this condition. Right. It's not at that point yet. Um, and I mean, I don't, it's very tough because I don't know if it'll ever be at that point because you can always have a gene for a variation for something, but if you counteract that variation, with some kind of lifestyle or environmental variable, you're not going to get that, right? So they can mm-hmm. only look at what's the chance you're going to get this based on a, a population statistic, based on the whole population. But every individual is different, right? So, yeah. um, you know, if you're eating a very healthy diet, the, the, those, those risks are not going to make sense. So two from practical, practical perspective, trying to diagnose a condition is not, doesn't make sense. Um, it might make more sense for ancestry because it doesn't matter what your environmental variables are. You're still going to have those genetic markers that you're Ashkenazic Jewish or something else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it came back ex- very different from those triplets, it just may have been a faulty sample or whatever, right? There may yeah. have been a mistake. These things are not, you know, 100 million percent foolproof, right? There's mistakes that can be made with the genotyping of it. So... You know, I mean, but it, but it's getting so cheap that you can just do it with two different companies and then compare the information and, you know, anything that's different, you can discount, right? But I don't think we even need to get to that. I, I, I don't think anybody should be making medical decisions that are so drastic that you want that double verification, especially at this point, right? So uh, 23andMe uh, really got regulated by the FDA when they gave a risk that of how likely you are to get breast cancer and then Angelina Jolie cut off her breasts. So that's, she took drastic medical actions. If wow. I was her, number one is I'd verify the test with yeah. another company. And number two is, I mean, I would implement lifestyle factors to prevent that. And maybe I would screen on some kind of basis to, you know, keep an eye on it. But you know, she took drastic medical actions based on the test, and that gave the FDA an opening to regulate 23andMe. Because, like, well, you have to now prove your medical device company have to prove you have to prove that your tests are accurate and that you're telling people the right thing. So, that whole approach I don't agree with uh, for for the reasons that I listed. Um, yeah, and then the other thing is when it comes to diagnosis, like I said, it's a checklist. And so the difference between being depressed and having bipolar depression, um, yeah, something I was just researching is borderline personality disorder and bipolar, right? Mm -hmm. Those are actually two very similar conditions. And there's, there's, there's distinctions between them, but essentially you fit into one personality, you fit into one category or another based on if you meet this, that, and the other criteria. Um, but often having some, whether how healthy you are is, is kind of on a continuum. It's not you, you fit into a checklist or not. It's kind of like personality, right? Sometimes you can, uh, you know, you have Myers-Briggs. Sometimes you fit into a category 
Sometimes right. you just don't, right? You're just not in any of those categories. <laughs> it, it's like, uh, or any kind of category, right? A- anytime you try to categorize something, sometimes you just fit in and sometimes you just don't, right? Because everyone's different. You're on a continuum, right? Um, and so we have these kind of diagnoses for people. And I, I think that there's things that contribute to think to conditions of being on a continuum, right? So whether someone has Asperger's or not, right, you might have some elements of Asperger's and that's genetic, right? But then you don't necessarily have Asperger's. Uh, so, I mean, some people think that, you know, when they just meet me, they think, oh, I might have, you know, I have uh, Asperger's or something. I mean, usually they, re- they realize eventually that I don't. Um, it's just because I do certain things that are, that might have certain things in common, but I'm very different also in a lot of ways. There's, there's like hundreds of genes that contribute to a certain trait. And it's how many of those genes, gene variations that you have that are contributing to that trait in a certain way that, that is relevant rather than whether you fit in a certain box or not. And so what we look at is number one is the genes that are potentially changeable, right? Can you impact this gene in some way? And then we also look at uh, what is, how can we improve, like if we're making a recommendation about something, it also has to improve an underlying, uh, it has to have some study related to it. So there has to be some study about some supplement improving sleep in order for us to just make the recommendation at all. And then it also has to go through another filter of benefiting some gene that is making your sleep worse. So you know, one person who has insomnia can be completely different from another person. They might have different genes, even if they have the same symptom. And the approach would be different. And that's why you can have two people with the same condition and only a third, like, you know, one person responds to one treatment, another responds to another. Everyone's responding to a different treatment. Why is that? Because they all have different genetics and the drugs are impacting them in a different way, right? So you have this number needed to treat in medicine. And, you know, a good number needed, to, an excellent number needed to treat is like five. That means that you have to treat five people with that drug in order for one person to get help by it. <laughs> so, you know, and, they, and they'll give it if it's even 20 or whatever. I don't, I don't know the exact yeah. numbers, but essentially what they're saying is like, we're giving this to 20 people and only one person is being helped by it. And that's a worthwhile thing. Why are the other 19 not being helped by it? Because there's not one cause of whatever condition they're giving it for. There's many causes. And, you know, and, and the way that health is treated these days is, is, not, is based on if you fit in a checklist of symptoms rather than what is your genetics, right? So we're not trying to treat any disease, definitely not diagnosing any disease, but we're also not trying to treat a disease. We're trying to uh, improve your genetics in a way that makes you healthier and that can improve some underlying thing that you want to improve. So whether it's your cognitive function, your sleep, your mood, things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And and it's good to help people understand their own biology a bit more so they can, you know, it's just subtle little things that we can do that can have a huge impact on our lives. Like for you, for example, your health, some people are stressed out. All they have to do is change your sleeping environment. It makes a massive difference for them. Um, I'm curious, what are, what are, you know, you're in the middle of the biohacking movement and actually saw you a video of you on Facebook doing it. Is it, is, is it called a Cairo chamber or chi- Cairo chi- Cairo chamber? chamber? 
cryo chamber. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. What I, so I've seen people doing this lately. Why, what's that doing to the human body? I mean, biochemically, it's doing a lot of things, uh, in a broader sense so that I don't go into the weeds, it's reducing inflammation and that's allowing people when you, I mean, inflammation is a broad word. It's misused a lot, but it is a word that is, you know, the immune system is composed of many, many factors, hundreds, thousands, right? And so Mm -hmm. if you have inflammation, that's actually a thousand different problems, right? It could be. And um, so, yeah, there's many. uh, The answer is it's reducing various components of inflammation. It's like a broad spectrum anti-inflammatory thing. Is, is, Is that doing the same thing that an ice bath would do? Or cold it's showers. similar. It is similar, similar, but you know, there's there's minute different. There there's some differences between the two. Um, I happen to think ice baths are actually more effective. I feel better from okay. an ice bath than a cryo chamber. Do you? What are? Do you do ice baths regularly? No, but I no. would like to. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I go in the ocean. That's cold. Uh, I I will. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> um, yeah, I go in the ocean. That's my cold therapy. I try to do that. What's some of your your favorite biohacks? Oh, I mean, I have a lot. But just to be clear, I mean, my biohacks are not like what's good for me is not necessarily the best biohacks for everyone. Right. Right. Um, I personally like microdosing psychedelics. Okay. Anything in particular? Huh? Any anyone in particular or all of them? I like my favorite is uh, psilocybin. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I, I haven't tried that many psychedelics. <laughs> so what's in LSD? I guess LSD comes in number two, but what's the the result you're getting from the psilocybin? I mean, it, it's, um, first of all, it decreases inflammation. Like it reduces my food sensitivities actually. Um, okay. It's an anti, they're potent anti-inflammatories, these uh, psychedelics. But beyond that, it, it also changes the bank, brain chemistry that once you have inflammation or if you have any kind of stress, it blunts the effect of that stress or inflammation. So I'm particularly keen on taking these psychedelics when I have a very stressful event, right? And, and your genetics... We can tell, we like, we have, you know, you can, there's a lot of genes that, for example, predispose you to PTSD or any kind of number of stress conditions. And those genes are often involved with the serotonin system and various kinds of systems, uh, especially the 2A receptor. So the serotonin system and the 2A receptor, serotonin 2A receptor is uh, the most that's that's the, that's where the uh, psychedelics have the most effect, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I mean basically, what ha- I mean there's there's you know through that system it can improve a lot of things, but um, through that yeah I mean when the, the, interesting enough there's like around ten percent of people who have this personality uh, disorder. I mean it's a personality system, I guess you could say. It's a trait called elixithymia, which is essentially mm-hmm. they they bottle up they, they, they they're not good at um 
expressing they're, they're not good at understanding their emotional state it's kind of like uh it has to do with emotional self-awareness um okay. and and they're they're not good at understanding when they're stressed or they, they they're not like self-aware of their emotional state and how to relieve it right so what happens with these people is they're much more likely to get a host of stress-related conditions such as fibromyalgia pain um anxiety depression ptsd and the reason is because they're not aware and they're, they don't have an outlet. Like, they, you know, the first stage of, uh, you know, getting relaxed is to kind of dissociate yourself, be aware of your emotional state and try to, you know, like be a third party to it, right? If you're not even aware of it, then you, you can't even do that. And so um, psychedelics are you know, one of the things that I think they're most helpful for in a clinical setting is let's say PTSD. But often people have micro incidences of PTSD. If you're very stressed, for example, right? Say you get right. very stressed at something related to work or you seem pr like a pretty calm guy, but let's say someone else, right? <laughs> often, <laughs> um, often what happens is you get into this like loop, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're stressed and you can't calm down. Like there was a very stressful event, and if it's if it hits a certain trigger, you can't just calm down. Like if you're just stressed by somebody being a little annoying, and then they're away, and now you're not stressed, right? Right. So after it hits a certain threshold, you're not able to calm down anymore, and that's yeah. like a micro PTSD kind of event. That's what I would call it. And so yeah. I think a lot of people are suffering from these micro PTSD kinds of events. Uh, myself, myself included, right? If there's a very strong uh, stimulus, and it doesn't happen very often, it could happen once every three months, and I do get over it. But the problem is, is that sometimes it could take a couple days to get over it, and if you don't get over it, it really hurts your relationships and business over that couple days. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I think every business person, every CEO, I mean. Unless you're really Elon Musk, you could see he gets into these PTSD kind of events. He says like you know some brain circuits fried. You can hear his language about how <laughs> yeah. it's like you know he's just so stressed out at some points, and you know he's just like he's like yeah, I definitely lost some brain circuits. <laughs> like he wasn't. He's like I didn't think I could ever get a mental breakdown, but during that period, you know. So there's there's a lot of people. If you're if you're a high performance person, uh, if you're ambitious, you're going to put yourself in more and more stressful situations. So I'm actually, uh, given my biohacks, I'm actually very very good at dealing with stress, um, extremely yeah. good, right? But even me, there comes a point once in every three months where I I get, will get stressed about something more than I want to get stressed about it, right? Just these like tiny stressors, they could be healthy, it's fine, right? Uh, but you know, it's like you get stressed to the point where the next day or your sleep wasn't good because of it. That's what mm -hmm. I would consider a micro PTSD event. Like you're stressed enough that you didn't sleep well because of it. Right. And so the, that is what uh, the psychedelics will help for. If you, if you have a day like that, Joe, and, and you are stressed maybe before bed or then, then you go to bed and you don't sleep well and realize you were stressed the day before, you didn't sleep well, so you're more stressed the next day. What's the, <clears throat> excuse me, what's the first thing you do? Do you, do you then 
try some psilocybin and, and, or take some to, to help you do that? Or, or what's your process? What's your hack for that? Well, you can say I'm enough of a biohacking expert at this point that <laughs> I just nip it in the bud. I don't wait till the next day. Right. So normally okay. people will wait to, you know, they might wait a couple days and, and that has like, it does have a long lasting impact. I mean, depends how bad it is, but it's kind of like these just micro things that are like, you know, nagging on your brain. It's like giving you this, uh, it's giving you slight mental baggage. Now, again, I'm very good at, at getting rid of that, but even, but even me, like, I don't want to lose my performance over a couple of days because I'm not sleeping or whatever. So I go right, like right when I see that I get that, like if I'm straight, like again, it's around once every three months. If I see I'm in that state, I, I go straight for the psychedelics, not like a huge dosage, but enough to get me out of that state. I I've been experiencing, experiencing, experimenting with this just personally on, on, on a level. Um, you know, if I get stressed like that, <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, two things that I think are really good. Um, we talked about ice baths. So if you're angry and stressed and upset, if you jump into a freezing cold ice bath, uh, it pretty much all the emotions is going to dissolve or go away. Or I don't exactly know where the emotions go. I think you, <laughs> I think you, <laughs> I don't think you're shoving emotion. Like if you jump into an ice bath, I don't think you would be shoving those emotions deeper inside. I think because of what is happening with your body and maybe you know more about this than I do, but I think you're probably releasing those on some sort of level or at least shifting those emotions. So <clears throat> I think that's a, a really great hack. And then another one uh, is breath. And so take, for example, um, two people that get into a fist fight, you know, how angry they are and charged they are and just beating the hell out of each other to the point until they can no longer breathe. And then if they can't breathe because they're exhausted, then you just see two guys that are two people that are just sitting down on the ground and say, hang on, I'm not mad at you right now. Let me catch my breath for a little bit. And then we'll get back up and then we'll start fighting again. So, so that's kind of the thing. One of the things that I've been working on is if I feel that stress and I do some, something like Wim Hof breathing or some deep breathing to where I exhale all the oxygen out of my lungs, hold it and then inhale. It feels like to me anyway, that stress is being released in different sorts of wet in different ways because my body um, realizes that breathing is more important than that anger or that stress in the moment. So then it, it, it starts to release those, uh, those neurochemicals makes me feel good and let go of that stress. What are your thoughts on, on little strategies like that? Those are definitely like my top five, what you, are they? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's just that when you get to, uh, cold, cold is great. Uh, cold therapy, like an ice bath. Um, and then, and, and yeah, I mean, these are breathing is also great. I guess, I guess the problem with these, um, if I didn't have the psychedelics, I'd definitely do these things, right? Yeah. Um, the problem is it's not a hundred percent effective. Number one. Yeah. Um, if you have like, yeah, it's it's not a hundred percent effective. It's good. It's just not a hundred percent for me. And the other yeah. thing is, um, when you're in this state you often are not thinking about how best to take care of yourself. You, you mean the stressful state? It, it, it kind of needs to be like a pill, <laughs> you know, or something like you could just take right away, right? You're just not <laughs> thinking like, okay, you're, you're stressed out. You're thinking about like, what do I got to do for work or whatever? What it, you're not thinking about like, 
let me uh, prepare an ice bath right now. You know, <laughs> let me um, yeah, let me take a two hour walk and do some breathing exercises and like, I mean, you can do that. I, I think it's a good idea, but um, I find normally I you know the best thing for me is just take some not not a hallucinogenic dose, but take some psychedelics, and then it's just like all right, now I can think straight. <laughs> Any other favorite biohacks? I think one that you mentioned that I I wasn't completely aware of is the lectin avoidance diet. What is that exactly? I mean, so the lectin avoidance diet is is a diet that it goes by many names. I mean, everyone has a different version, but essentially, it's like you can call it. Uh, it's it's a version of paleo. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a diet where if people have autoimmune type issues. Uh, often autoimmune type issues are coming from the diet. Like people are, they, they build up sensitivities to various components in the diet and they get inflammation. And over time that happens to a lot of people. And so people start doing low carb diets, paleo diets, you know, keto, all these variations. Now you have a new one, carnivore. Um, it, it's just kind of like an yeah. elimination type type of diet where, you eliminate foods and then you bring them back and see what you're sensitive to. Uh, and then in general, it's like, you know, here's a baseline. If you have some kind of, you know, if you're not sure about what you're sensitive to, here's kind of like, a, you know, a, a stricter paleo type of diet where you know, you're not eating grains or beans or nuts even. Uh, so it's a little more strict than paleo. Do you have a daily routine that you follow, Joe? <sighs> that's a good question. Not really. No, <laughs> I'm weird in that sense. Get up and go at it every day. I mean, yeah. my only routine is You're... I work. <laughs> you get up. Like I wake up, I work. I, uh, I take micro breaks during, but even my supplement routine is not the same. I mean, I, I prepare like 30 days of supplements and containers. Um, and yeah, I just get into different modes. I don't know. When you take micro breaks, any any like fifteen minutes, ten minutes, hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, it's natural. It's just like when I, like I'm my my mode. My main mode is working, and I like my work, so it's not hard. And there's a lot of things coming at me, so I got a lot of incoming, and I got to just you know deal with all the incoming. Um, and you know because I have three companies, and as I, I manage a lot of people, we have twenty five, thirty people. Um, so I got to let it incoming and I got to, um, yeah. So every day is different. Like there'll be one thing happens this day. Another thing happens that day. And I kind of just flow with it, but the, the micro breaks are, I'll take like, um, 10 minute news break. You know, some people find the news stressful. Mm -hmm. I find it relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, all right, what happened? What crazy thing happened in the world today? <laughs> I do. Uh, On occasion, yeah. news is relaxing for me too. It's nice to to read and to kind of check out, check out of yeah, our, just, our world into the real world. <laughs> exactly. I just check out. It just allows me to check out. The other <laughs> thing I'll do is uh, I'll watch comedy, like one of these late night shows. Yeah, me too. Myers, like a closer look. It's like a 10 minute video. I just zone out. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, yeah. What about how many hours of sleep do you go for per night? I'm usually in bed like eight hours a night. Maybe I get seven and a half hours. That's good. Um, 
I want to move over to kind of to the business side of things because we talked a lot about biohacking and in the backside of your business. Um, but we're interviewing a hundred major influencers that um, have gained a significant amount of influence, and then they use that responsibly because you know the term influence is thrown around kind of like a used car salesman back in the day, and mm-hmm. and there's a lot of sloppy influencers out there. I'm curious from your standpoint. Um, you know, you've got an incredible business, three businesses really, self-hacked, which is huge, and it's really helping a lot of people change you know their lives um when you think about influence um what are some of the things that go on in the back of your mind to make sure that you're handling that the influence that you have in a responsible way yeah i mean uh, i take that very seriously i think you know when people are reading health content on self-hacked um I think that's, you know, getting good information is very important. So we do a number of things to ensure that. Number one is we review, we have multiple reviewers for our content. Uh, Number two is we vigorously test every one of our employees. Um, And, you know, we give our science writers technical tests and logical tests and reading comprehension tests. Nice. We we do a thorough cognitive battery on them. (laughs) And, uh, we get to see like, all right, this person's very smart, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, they, 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 they have the scientific knowledge and uh, then we give them a chance and then we review their stuff. If we see they're making science mistakes, out they go. Nice. Um, did you, so did you come up with those? Yeah, yeah, I did. Nice. So, yeah, we test everyone in the company with, with these tests. This is an internal project that I've been working on for like two and a half years. And basically what I did was um, every applicant we ever had, I put them through these tests. And I see, I saw like, okay, I would put them through a bunch of tests. I, I had different tests back then and I would like see what are the most reliable tests, the most predictive tests. And so over time I got more and more, I, I got closer and closer to the most uh, predictive tests. And now we have uh, something that's quite predictive in a lot of domains for software developers. Um, yeah. And we also have, uh, you know, the, the scientists, writers, we also have, um, you know, other kinds of tests like personality tests and whatnot. So it's all within one software system that we built and we give it to everyone. How long, let's see, you started self-hacked in 2014. How long did you, what were you doing before that? I was sick. You're just sick I had health trying, issues. To, trying to. I was f- just like trying to fix my issues. I, I was going to school a bit. Like I didn't have anything I could do. Um, like I didn't want to make any big decisions. You know, um, I kind of like was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll take science courses. So I took the pre-med courses. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to make any big decisions to, you know, do anything like big because I knew I had to fix my issues first. Yeah. So I was kind of just you know, doing an odd job here and there, like trying to get by and fix my issues. So was this your first business? Yeah. Oh, nice. And how long did it take to take off for you? I mean, it's all relative, but um, like I'd say from when I started it to when I hired someone. Yeah. uh, I don't know. It was like a year. 
That's pretty good. And then you just were you writing away and for the first year and then trying to find some good sources to add to the website. Exactly. Yeah. Some I was writing away and then I was uh, I started getting involved with like genetics and I started thinking about that and uh, you know I hired someone for that. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, yeah, it took me a year to, I'd say to get off the ground. Um, yeah, it was about a year. So what's the, the main income stream now? Is it driven through ads that you have on the website? It's diverse. It's from, you know, self decode is a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Lab test analyzer gives us some, um, that that's where we analyze people's lab results and give them recommendations. Kind of like a similar concept to the self decode and then um we get ads there's some affiliates so essentially like if we're talking about a supplement we just link to it at the end usually on amazon or something it's like okay if you want to buy it here you go uh but we don't push it or not we don't that's not like our core business it's just like if you're interested like you might as well use our link um yeah and and the uh so there's affiliates uh, and then sometimes I'll promote a product I really like. If I, th- if I believe in a product, I'll promote it. That's this kind of affiliates. Uh, but I, the the thing that we're most focused on is definitely um, the genetics and lab analysis. So I think that you know, you, like we have a the self decode blog is is an interesting concept where uh, you know that's already launched. It we we I mean we we launched it. Uh, it's public, but we haven't like announced it yet. Uh, okay. But essentially, that's it's usable right now. So, what that is is it's essentially like self-hacked, where it's like a help blog, but instead of just getting giving you generic content, it also gives you information that specifically for you. So there's recommendations specifically for you. That's cool. Uh, yeah. There's um, there's uh, you know, it tells you your how your gene is functioning based from this trait, like, okay, so if you want to improve some kind of trait, maybe you want to be, I don't know, whatever you want to be less stressed or whatever. Right. So we can talk about that as like stress and what, you know, um, how this gene contributes to stress and you can see how your, uh, like what your, what your risk is based on that gene. Like, is that gene working well for you? Um, and so you could see the information. It's like reading a blog post, but you also, it's personalized for you. I I think one thing that's really cool about <clears throat> being a podcaster, but also being in the space that you're in is, is you get to talk and see a lot of the on the cusp changes of the health industry and, and where you think things are going. And just curious, Joe, like, w- what do you think the next 10 years look like for, for biohacking in the health industry? I think I, that's a good question. Um, to predict things is always a little tough, but I can tell you where my money is riding on. <laughs> okay. um, the way biohacking, I, I guess, you know, you can ask what is biohacking? First, let's define that a little. It's, it's really, I think it's doing anything, taking your health into your own hands in some way. It's improving your health. Usually, I mean, you could consult with a physician, right? It, it's, that could be fine, but it's essentially doing something um, to improve your health, taking an action to improve your health that it wasn't necessarily 
advised by your doctor, right? You didn't go to a doctor and say, hey, doc, Should how I do I get over bath? this work stress? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, take an ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen, right? So the fact that you were doing that on your own, I would consider that biohacking. Right. Just to be clear about the definitions. Uh, so I see biohacking growing because the medical system is in a crisis and I don't see any help. You know, I don't, I don't see any fix, right? Uh, the cost is keep on is going up drastically. Nobody has any solutions. Uh, there's political, you know, deadlocks and gridlocks. Um, so I don't see any solution from the government. And it, it, you, it really is something the government needs to solve. Like, I mean, they can't solve it completely, but they can at least make it into a system that's a lot cheaper and gives you basic care, yeah. right? So even if they do solve it, we're still going to have something like Canada or whatever. And that's, that's an incomplete solution. So there is no real good solution out there uh, that's, that's really going to you know, make a, a huge difference. And so what you have is you have a lot of smart people or people you have smarter people, people who are who take initiative, and they want to think for themselves. There's a lot of there's people like that. You know, it's usually you're not. It's not the people who are just like sheep and are just like, yeah, I'm gonna do whatever, whatever is normal, right? Right. <laughs> you know, if my doctor didn't tell it to me, I'm not doing it. That's that's kind of like how a lot of people are, and um, and in the entrepreneurial space, you're gonna see like everyone's gonna be a biohacker because. It really fits in with the, uh, with the personality of an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. I'm gonna, I know what is best to do, and I'm gonna make that change. <laughs> right. It's like you probably didn't like. You you probably weren't like a you know you probably didn't see yourself as a biohacker from the beginning. I mean, it doesn't seem like you're in the health industry, um, yet you are doing it. Why? Because you're an entrepreneur. You're like, there's a problem. I mean. It's not only a problem. Entrepreneurs don't think within an existing system. They're not like, like nobody delivered the problem on a platter to them, right? You're thinking of a problem and you see like, hey, I can do this better. That's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. You're just thinking, you know, I can do that thing better. And so that's the way you think about your body. Yeah, I can go to a doctor. No, I think I can do that better, (laughs) right? (laughs) Somebody else tells you something, you, you read up something and you're like, there's a lot of things my doctor isn't telling me, it seems, right? Yeah. Um, and, and something interesting is, you know, it's just a really interesting way to think about it. If you were looking for weight loss advice, you're not going to get it from a fat person, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. When I go to a doctor, my doctor is extremely sick. Like, I, like I, I, you know, I wanted to get some blood tests, so I went to a doctor. And it's like, you know, we're discussing different tests, and he's like, I'm like, what about, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm like a very curious guy. And I don't care about social norms. So I'm just like, so what are your tests like? You know, what did, uh, you know, how, how are you doing on that? He's like, oh, I got diabetes and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not serious risk for a heart, heart attack. I'm just like, this guy's really sick. Yeah. Right. We're going to people to improve our health who are, who are much less healthy than us. Yeah. You know, if I want to lose weight, I'm not going to go to a fat person and ask them, you know, how do you, what do you think? What yeah. are your tips? Right. If you want to go to, if you want to get healthy, you're not going to go to a sick person and be like, you know, what do you think? So they're obviously, if they knew how to be healthy, 
these are motivated people. They're not lazy bums, yeah. right? They, they go through 10 years of schooling is in the U S is not, you can't be lazy for that. So these are not just lazy bums. Um, these are hardworking, diligent people and they're reasonably intelligent. And so it's like the fact that they're unhealthy, they're obviously missing either some kind of framework. Their, their goals may be different, right? They're, they're not interested in being healthy. They're just interested in maybe very specific disease, but all, however you look at it, it's flawed, right? If you want to be healthy, then whatever they're doing is flawed. Yeah. And so the, the whole system is broken, right? When, when the doctors are, are just as unhealthy as the patients, I think that's a huge problem, right? It's, it should be that if a doctor knows, has all this specialized information about the human body and knows how to be healthy and they're smart and you know, they have higher income, they've got the means to spend as much money as they want, and they got the willpower, like, and they're still very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. What is that? I mean, it's, there's yeah, that 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 says something. Um, it says something about the system that we have. But in any case, um, so yeah, I think I think getting back to biohacking, I think it's clear that you know entrepreneurs are going to be healthier than doctors because they don't think inside the box. They're like, I want to think. How can I, how do I improve my body? They think of their body as a system and they're like, you know, I'm going to improve this better than my doctor. And so it's a natural thing for entrepreneurs. And I think for anyone who has that kind of mindset, it's going to be huge. I don't think it's ever going to be massive for, because like you still have to be in that mindset, whereas a lot of people are in a sheep mindset. So unless it becomes something that's popular, I think people are going to, you know, they might want to do it at, at, you know, if Kim Kardashian is doing it, right, then, <laughs> then, then people would want to do it just because she's doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it could be, it could get really popular like that. But in terms of how it's going to develop for the more sophisticated users or just in general, I think it's going to be gene-based and or lab-based. Like it's going to have to be done through data. And the reason is because right now it's basically done through trial and error. Mm-hmm. Right. So you hear something from your friend or you heard a speech, you watch a YouTube video, you heard, you know, Chris likes cold, uh, cold therapy for de-stressing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try that. That's the way it's currently done. And while that's not a bad approach, right, it, you could still learn from other people with similar symptoms. It's still going to be not as it's going to be somewhat of a hit or miss. Right. Maybe Chris is better. Maybe Chris does better at cold therapy than Joe, right? Joe does better with psychedelics, mm-hmm. whereas Chris does better with cold therapy, right? So, I mean, you could try a bunch of things. And then the problem is often people aren't necessarily completely aware of what helps them. So experimentation is a long process and something that is more of a lifestyle than, you know, something you just, you know, try out once and then, ah, oh, you know, I didn't really get help, right? Maybe it helps for one kind of stress. Like, it's a very complex thing. Maybe cold doesn't, it, it, it might help reduce inflammation, but it doesn't help reduce that much stress from someone, right? I think it'll help for a lot of things. But the point is, is that people will respond somewhat differently to it. And people do, you know, even though even something that's very healthy, people will respond very differently to um, whether it's vegetables, cold therapy, some people, yeah, or um, I mean, the whole diet wars, right? Mm-hmm. You have everyone has, has a different opinion on what's the best diet. And the reason is because they're doing better with a different diet. So you're never going to have an answer as to what is the optimal diet for everyone because 
everyone is doing better on a different diet. Now, there are some cases where people don't realize what diet they do better on. Uh, so there may be an overestimation or they might be a little biased. So you, you might have a vegan bias, for example. There's more vegans out there. Um, the more health people speak about veganism or whatever because they're actually interested in protecting the environment and the animals, which is a noble cause. It's just that's not necessarily the healthiest way, the best way to be healthy. Yeah. So, uh, but when it comes down to is right now, it's kind of like a cluster, disorganized cluster of trial and error, right? You hear about veganism, you're like, ah, I'm going to try to be vegan. Uh, you hear about some other diet, paleo, bulletproof, whatever. You're like, oh, I'm going to do that, right? <laughs> the answer is that um, there's no one size fits all for anything, whether it's diet or any kind of lifestyle thing. Everyone has, everyone is unique. I mean, there's things that are generally healthy, right? Exercise is going to be generally healthy. There might be one in a hundred, you know, the, the, the people with CFS do worse with exercise. So they have to do it in a specific way. But it, the point is that, you know, it's generally healthy things, but um, I think that, you know, bio, I like, I think biohacking is going to be like, you know, it's going to go, the natural progression is you're going to want the thing that has the highest likelihood of benefiting you. And the only way to do that is with your genetic and lab data. That's what it comes down to. That's, that's why you created self-decode. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so why shoot in the dark? Self-hacked, you know, was kind of, was me shooting in the dark. Yeah. Self-decode was like, I stopped shooting in the dark. I started looking at my genetics. And once I realized like I made very big improvements from that, I was like, why are people going to be shooting in the dark anymore? Right. Yeah. So um, I know a lot of very specific biochemical things about my body. Um, there's no way that any doctor will ever know. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know that the, I have a certain problem with my cannabinoid receptor that requires me to stay away from various you know various plant-based components i know that i have you know bdnf gene like i can i need more bdnf stimulation so there's, there's there's a lot of components that i know about myself and they kind of weave into a fabric so each component is usually not massive i do have the mthfr variant as well um that's the most popular one but Essentially, um, knowing these bits and pieces about myself allow me to put together, you know, a personalized protocol for me. And I don't care what anyone else tells me. Like, you know, I love it when I hear, you know, doctors saying like vitamins are worthless, right? So first of all, they're talking about, and you just say, oh, why are vitamins worthless? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, because there was a study done that vitamins don't help anything, right? <laughs> um, and then you're like, you, you dig in a little, you're like, what 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 was the study? What was it done? Oh, it was on vitamin E. Okay. What what about vitamin E? Oh, alpha tocopherol, a specific variant of vitamin E that they tested in lung cancer, and it didn't help lung cancer. So therefore, you're making a conclusion that vitamins in general, and they're usually categorizing all supplements and vitamins, just mm -hmm. to be clear, right? There's actually vitamins, there's minerals, there's nutraceuticals, so there's components in food that you can isolate. You could call them isolates, or but you could call them nutraceuticals as well. Uh, and then there's um, and then there's herbs. There's various herbal extracts. There's uh, you know just single components of herbs. And then there's ways to improve the absorption. 
there's so many different kinds of supplements or, or equipment, but they'll just, they'll just say like supplements are worthless because of a single study or a few, you know, maybe a study on alpha, uh, one variant of vitamin E alpha tocopherol in like lung cancer or whatever. Right. Or they did a study or whatever. The point is, is that it's too specific. Whenever you're doing these studies, it's usually very, very specific. They're testing something very specific. Let's say it doesn't help you live longer. Okay, it didn't help me live longer, but I, I'm, I'm not necessarily taking it to live longer, right? So, you know, the studies are done could be useful, but you need like a nuanced understanding of them. Whereas what happens is you have a few studies that say certain vitamins. And also they're, they're testing like centrum vitamins, like what kind of vitamins are you taking, right? <laughs> so centrum <laughs> vitamin with 10 other things in there. And it's, oh, they, it didn't help these people in these ways. Okay, but you know it doesn't. You can't make a blanket statement from that to every supplement for every possible uh, area. So, I think that you know essentially, like you know, the way medicine is done now, like you'll have a doctor will hear through the grapevine about the study, and then they say, "Oh, you're wasting your money with vitamins." <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just the whole thing is 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 crazy. It's oh. like you got to look at your genetics. You got to see what you're trying to improve. And you can, you know, hone in on that. Um, and there's studies, for example, with vitamin E. Some people will do, if you have certain variants, you'll do better with vitamin E than if you don't have those variants. So it's just a ridiculous, the way, the way we're doing medicine is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I think we have a long way to go. One of the things I did want to touch on, Joe, before we wrap things up is, is you mentioned the biological aspects of success. And I think um, this is an interesting conversation because uh, it can go uh, down some fun rabbit holes when when we talk about that. But um, I'm curious, what's your what's your thoughts on on that in general uh, that we were talking about a little bit before the podcast? So I think um, I think that and you if if this is too controversial you can edit this out <laughs> um because there seems to be me versus the rest of the world on this uh opinion okay uh but especially with entrepreneurs so entrepreneurs tend to get into a very specific mindset of you can do i can do anything right just by changing my mindset like i can do anything i want right. you just need a, you need the right mindset and the truth is is that if you have a certain mindset, then that will impact a lot of things, right? right. So if you, if you have an optimistic mindset, then that could be helpful. You'll be more optimistic. You'll be more happy. The problem is that consciously trying to change your mindset is a minefield, mm -hmm. right? If you don't already have the mindset of optimism, then what do you think is going to change it? It's kind of like you see it's taking a dualistic approach to yourself you see this conscious mind that's completely separate from the rest of your body mm -hmm. you have this you in the middle of your head that's giving you advice and telling you how to live your life and all you need that that part of the body that you is going to tell you the right you know you all you got to do is just you 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 give the rest of your body the right mindset and then everything's going to change so that's a very tricky uh that's a very tricky approach and what i think is um, the way I've improved, like I'd never try to improve uh, by changing my mindset. 
Okay. And this is this is very iconoclastic in in the uh, entrepreneurial space because that's how entrepreneurs try to improve. It's the easiest way, it seems like. Well, if I want to do something, all I got to do is put my mind to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, in a way, if you do put your mind to something, if you do work hard on something, yeah, things are going to happen. But I've tried the mindset approach when I've had these issues like, all right, I'm anxious or in a worse mood. I'm going to you know, just be more optimistic, think happy thoughts or whatever. I tried all these mindset hacks and none of them worked. Mm-hmm. So, and then I tried the biological approach, which is changing my biology with supplements, equipment, being healthier. Then that had a huge impact, right? So what I learned about myself was that all the mindset hacks didn't have any permanence, number one. Like I kind of forgot them all. And number two is it didn't work really. Like maybe it worked for, it made me a little, you know, like it, it, all it did, I find, was put more pressure on myself to do something. So maybe, yeah. you know, if I'm trying to have the mindset hack to be more optimistic, then I'm pressuring myself to be more optimistic. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'm putting, you know, I'm putting more things in my mind to think about and consciously control. And then when you're so, not, you feel guilty about it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you don't do it. You're like, ah, oh, why am I not optimistic? <laughs> or like, why am I not trying hard enough? I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got to think harder. And, you know, I got to listen to more Tim Ferriss or something. Right. <laughs> yes. I got to, I got to learn the four hour mind and the, 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 the you know, the, I got to yeah. figure out my thing in like two hours, whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't think that approach really works on a sustainable basis. I think it, it is true. If, x then y if right. you are you know if you are harder working then you will work harder if you're more motivated you will work harder <laughs> right <laughs> i don't think you can motivate yourself though that idea is implicitly saying that there's two u's right there's the you that will teach the other you how to motivate yourself mm-hmm. right so it's like your conscious brain is going to teach your other the whole the rest of your being how to be motivated really you just have one brain and it just it all flows from the subconscious to the conscious. It's one thing. And there's no way to teach yourself. It's either you have it or you don't. I mean, you can learn information, you can learn strategies uh, to do to implement different things, but it's you can't learn I don't believe in the approach of learning strategies for your mind. Okay. Um, and so what I do, I learn strategies about how to improve my biology that will improve my mind. So I think psychedelics can improve your mind in various situations. I think, you know, um, you, an ice bath. So if I'm in, let's say, a very stressed out state, I'm not going to be like, all right, how can I, uh, you know, what kind of mind hacks can I do to bring me out of this, right? I mean, you could do meditation. The me- meditation is actually a lack of these mind hacks. It's where you try to get into a state where you're not thinking about anything. Yeah. Your conscious mind is blank. And so that's the only thing that actually helps you is, kind of blank out your conscious mind but um essentially it's it's um yeah i mean you know if you try to think through it often you're just triggering your prefrontal cortex more and it's 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 going to make you more stressed the way is just to let go of thinking about it yeah so i think that biological approaches is the way to become better at things whatever it is if it's dating um being happier improving your cognitive function and 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 there's always a you know there's always um a need for 
I'm not talking about like specific strategies or help to improve your business or anything like that. That's, you're not going to take a supplement and find some interesting idea that you, you know, that, that someone else might give you. Right. I think that is the, the best way to do that is also is with your genes and with your lab tests. But essentially, um, yeah, I think, and, and not only did it work for me, um, I mean, I've, it really worked for a lot of other people, uh, you know, in my girlfriend as well. Um, we, she had, she had mood problems and I basically told her like, like she was not even aware of her mood problems. She didn't know, right? She thought she's a hundred. She said, look, all girls have mood problems. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, it's true. But, um, like, I don't want you to have them. And, and I think you can get rid of them. And so we were dating for like a year and some odd months and she just never really thought she had a problem. She thought her brain was completely clear and everything. And I saw her memory was poor sometimes. She was, she's someone who's a hundred percent healthy just to be clear. Mm-hmm. And I said, and at some point I just said, you have to take these supplements. This is like not an option. Like this is what's <laughs> happening. This is not this an is option. What's happening. <laughs> um, and she took them and she's a different person now. Right. Wow. She, she followed a protocol. We, we looked at her genes. We, I, I, I saw her genes. I said, here's what you're going to take. And, and, and it's like, I didn't tell her she was trying to work on her mood through mindset hacks for a year. Mm, yeah. And I said, I think we hit a point where, you know, we're not getting anywhere. We're going backwards now. Um, like essentially what she was able to do was, you know, kind of, it, it, it the mindset hacks didn't do anything it, it just kind of masked it a little maybe she wasn't like she 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 wasn't as vocal when she was in a bad mood but then you just saw it in her face it's like this person's in a bad mood mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so i said that you know no matter what you do it's not going to change the underlying mood that you're in you have to change it biologically and this is what you have to do she did that she's a different person she's like we i'm not even allowed to talk about things pre the regimen now I was like, remember that person who you hated their guts? And she's like, it's like, I don't know what I was doing back then. And so <laughs> she just realized this, she, her brain fog lifted. She was just a different person, anxiety, mood problems. She didn't realize that that was even a thing, that it was like she had an issue. Yeah. She thought, you know, she was completely normal, no brain fog. Her, her memory improved drastically. She, you know, she's much more self-aware when she does get upset. So she knows she is. And, uh, you know, it had a massive change. So it's not something that just had a change for me. I've seen it in multiple people. And um, that's really, I, th- I think that's, if you want to change uh, an attribute about yourself, like improve your mood or become less stressed, it needs to be with a biological approach. I, I like that. And I don't think that's really controversial at all because that's kind of the essence behind biohacking um, is okay. You know, many times I've done affirmations and I say, I'm happy, I'm healthy, da, 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 da. But if deep down inside, I have the subconscious programming that's, that's telling me that I'm not happy or that I'm not happy for whatever reason, (laughs) then it doesn't matter. You know, I can say it over and over and over and over again. If I'm not feeling it, it's not changing anything. And that's why people say, oh, go exercise, go do this biohack, go do this, because then it can shift your whole mindset all around it and you just feel better and you're like, oh, I'm naturally happy. Thank God I took my vitamin C today or whatever it is, you know. 
Um, exactly. Exactly. You're just like, okay, I'm going to repeat some mantra. And you're just like, wait a second, but I'm actually unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, so it, it's a really good point because there's so many people that are like, oh, mindset, 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 which is important. I agree. Mindset creates these conversations. But at the same time, you know, there's things we can do. They're like, if you're, you're, if you're really, 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 really angry, go do some push-ups. Go do 100 push-ups or, you know, and then see how you feel afterwards. And that's a sense exactly. of, of biohacking. And then and if you're really angry, you're not going to go to a mirror and, and think, oh, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I'm patient, a loving person. No, you're going to think, oh, I want to punch this mirror right now you know <laughs> so go do some push-ups exactly. so you can exert some of that and then you can really feel good i i think we're gonna wrap up there man that was an awesome show i loved um how deep you went into biohacking and and what you guys are doing at self-decode and self-hacked and it's been a pleasure chatting with you uh if the listeners want to reach reach out and learn more about what you guys have going on where they can find some genetics testing for to to help figure out their own biology where's the best place they could do that at so uh selfdecode.com is the best place and essentially um yeah i would recommend there's we have reports there there's a blog uh that goes into detail about different topics and then we have various other features, but you know, the reports really go do a deep dive on specific topics, like how to improve your mood, mm -hmm. how to improve your cognitive function, how to improve your sleep. And, uh, we have about, uh, over 10 reports now. Yeah. That essentially allow you to, they go deep in a topic and, uh, tell you how to improve your genes. And, uh, yeah, so that I, I would recommend those reports to people. Um, and we're coming out with new ones. Uh, yeah. And, and if you don't have your genetic information, you can just get it. We don't sell your data like some other companies. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> uh, that's not our business model. Our business, not our business model is giving you information. So we sell you information based on your genetic data that will help you improve. Um, and you know, we, we partner with a very reliable lab. Um, yeah. So if you don't have your genetic data, you can get it. Uh, we also have lab tests if you want to upload to lab test analyzer. Um, and then self-hacked is just, um, you know, a resource for a lot of very in-depth information about every kind of supplement out there or any kind of biohack, whether it's cold therapy, saunas, whatever it is. Uh, so that is a good resource. Um, that's pretty much it. Awesome, man. Any, any final words for the listeners before we sign off? I don't, I mean, I think, yeah, like, I, I think the final thing is just, you know, the future is knowing your biology and your weaknesses and how to improve on those genetic weaknesses. And that is, that's where I think the future is headed. Yeah, I like it. All right, buddy. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing all your tips and tricks and wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, my pleasure. Listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com and... We'll see you all on the next episode.